Good morning, welcome to worship at Church of the Palms Presbyterian Church. Delighted to have you join us this morning for this hour of worship. I'm Pastor Phil Bliss. Since this is the first Sunday of the month, we are observing the Sacrament of Communion this morning. Also, it's the first Sunday of Advent and uh, the first Advent candle will be lit by the Middleton family. Some of our special music this morning will be from Handel's Messiah, and the uh, tenor soloist is uh, Jeff Bartell, and also our chancel choir. Our guest preacher this morning is Reverend Robert Cam McConnell uh, from the First Presbyterian Church of Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, pastor McConnell is the brother of our senior pastor, Steve McConnell, and we welcome him to our pulpit this morning. I trust this will be a blessed hour for you, and thank you again for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Jerry Haley and I serve as personnel chair in our congregation. We begin our service with the opening prayer printed on the cover of our bulletin. Now let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. In obedience and trust, we approach you, God of the covenant, Day by day, your promises are fulfilled among us. Our redemption is drawing near. Help us to prepare ourselves and our communities for Christ's coming. Equip us now to worship you with all the saints, past and present, nearby and far away. Amen. Now as our service continues, with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude.
Today, the first Sunday of Advent, begins the ritual of lighting the candles that symbolize the light of God coming to earth. The circle of green represents God's eternity. The candle we light today represents faithful expectation. Listen now to the scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5, that prepares us for Jesus' arrival. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low, the uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. We light this candle today in preparation for the coming of Christ.
Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, you that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for he is gracious. For I know that the Lord is great. Our Lord is above all gods. Amen. We have strayed from God's ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against God's holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things we ought not to have done. But God has mercy on us when we confess our faults. Please join me in praying our prayer of confession. God of promises and possibilities, we admit that we color the world according to our own limited vision. We are often unjust in our judgments and faithless in our relationships. We are haunted by sins we have not confessed. Hear us as we entrust them to your forgiving care. Help us to let go of our transgressions to renew our covenant with you and to live constructively with one another in the spirit of Jesus Christ, whose coming among us we await with great expectation. Amen. Nehemiah says of God, you are a God ready to forgive, gracious, merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And Isaiah says, let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts and let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy upon them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us affirm our faith as we read together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now would you turn and greet each other this morning.
Welcome to Church of the Palms on this, the first Sunday of Advent. We begin our journey to Bethlehem today. Perhaps you feel like you've already started that journey months ago uh, with Christmas carols being played in September. We're uh, glad that uh, we are officially on our way as we have the opportunity to be together as the body of Christ, making our way closer and closer to Bethlehem. We Hope that you will uh, sign the friendship pass, which is in the pew, and pass that along and note your fellow travelers to Bethlehem, and uh, perhaps you'll find a way by which you can uh, get to know them more after the service, and especially we welcome you to join us underneath the tree for some time of fellowship and a time of getting to know each other even more. A few things we want to call to your attention. We uh, have a new Advent class coming up on Wednesday night, so we invite you to be a part of that. It's a chance for us to reflect upon the Advent themes, particularly in a story that is probably familiar to most of you, the story of Les Miserables and uh, the story of Jean Valjean. We're using that as a lens through which we look at the, the Christmas story, so we hope you'll join us for that. We um, also are going to be hosting a college choir here on January the 6th, Westminster College up in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania. One of our pastors attended that school, <laughs> is uh, coming here and that choir will be needing uh, us to host them for two nights uh, over that first weekend of January. We uh, have great need for you to take in a couple of college students. What a great way to sort of break up the routine to have a couple of college students stay with you for a couple of nights. And if you would like to sign up for that, you'll see John and he'll be glad to take your name. Just give him a call at the church office, right? Great. Uh, we also encourage you, if you would like to help us out by signing up for the Salvation Army Angels, this is a chance for you to, to give the great gift of encouragement to a child in our community that it needs that encouragement. We have uh, several still left. This is the last Sunday you can do that. You go out underneath the tree, pick up a Christmas angel, and uh, that will give you the details on that child that you can be uh, giving gifts for to give them some encouragement during this uh, Advent season. Uh, also on Saturday uh, from 5 to 8, our family ministry is sponsoring Gifts Are Forgiving, which is a chance for parents to leave their kids with us so they can go on and do maybe a little Christmas shopping and such and then come back and we will hand them back to you safely. Um, but if you'd like to participate in that, there's an opportunity for that as well uh, to sign up for. Uh, you'll note also in our bulletin, there's information about our stewardship campaign. We are still in the midst of that. This is our uh, last month of the year, and we still need uh, for you to be, if you've not yet had a chance to participate in that, to be thinking and praying about that uh, considerably. You'll see that we have a long ways to go, about $500,000 uh, that we need to hit before we uh, finish up our campaign by the end of the year, so we can Use your help, your prayer, your encouragement, and if you would like to have conversation with any of the pastors about that, we would be happy to do that, but please keep that in your prayers. Stewardship cards are available for you in the back of the sanctuary. And then lastly, we have a guest preacher today, Cam McConnell, Robert C. McConnell, and if there's a family resemblance, it's my brother, <laughs> my much older brother, uh, Cam uh, has actually been a mentor for me for many, many, many years. He is the pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Manhattan, Kansas, and uh, he has served churches in uh, Michigan and in Minnesota, and uh, he is a, a dear, one of my dearest friends as well as my brother, and I'm glad to have you here, Cam. Welcome to Church of the Palms. Let's now have the children to come forward for the children's sermon.
everybody. How you doing? Hey, Dale. Good to see you. And they are making their way down. I think our little guys might still be in the chapel, though, so they might join us as soon as they get here. So, welcome to the season of Advent, a time to wait. What do you think about waiting? Fun? Not so much fun. What are some things that are kind of hard to wait for? Can you think of anything? What's hard to wait for? Roller coasters. Roller coasters. Like if you're in line for a roller coaster. Matthew, you got something? Ice cream. Waiting for ice cream. Right. Yeah. Christmas. Oh, you stole my thunder. Man, Christmas. Anything else besides Christmas? Amy. Money to buy something. Oh, I love that. Enough chore money to buy something. Fishing. To go fish, to get to go fishing, or while you're fishing, waiting for those fish to find. That's probably why I'm not a fisherwoman. Um, food in a restaurant. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't eat where my kids eat. It's like really fast there. But Christmas, we only now have to wait, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, 23 days. Seems like a long time, but the Israelites had to wait 400 years for a Messiah. That, by the way, for you math whizzes, 146,000 days they waited for the birth. Eh, they didn't even know if it was going to be a birth, but they did wait for their Savior. You know what else Advent is for? A time to prepare. What do you do to prepare for Christmas? Do you do anything at all in your house to prepare for Christmas? You put up decorations, Victoria. You go gift shopping. You go gift shopping. Anyone do anything else? Kristen, come on up. Eat gingerbread cookies. Eat gingerbread cookies, yes, and make them, Matthew. Put up a Christmas tree. You put up a Christmas tree. Those are all really great things that we do to prepare for Christmas. But you know what? As Christians, one of the things we have to prepare for Christmas is our own heart. We have to get ready for the birth of our Savior. So, today at 10.30, you can come with your families and make this beautiful Advent wreath, which I can tell you I did not make. A volunteer put all the pieces together for us. And then what you would do, every week you get to light a new candle and you read a little passage from the Bible, you sing a Christmas song, you say a prayer, you talk about it as a family so that you get your heart ready for Christmas. Because you know what? God looked down and he saw that we needed something. We needed something really big. And you know what we needed? We needed a savior. So he loved us so much that he sent his son. Well, you know what? God wants us to have those same kind of eyes. He wants us to see those who are in need so that we can give them his love. And that's what Christmas preparation and Christmas Advent is all about. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us so much that you would send your only son to save us. We just ask that you help each one of us to open our eyes so that we can see the people around us who need your love and then help us to give it to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let us continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
Let us pray. O oh, gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for your blessings each day in our lives. At this moment in this worship, we give you our offering, our offering of gratitude and love back to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, whose birth we are preparing and waiting for. Amen. You get a guest faster, everything kind of falls apart after a while, you know? <laughs> I like that up and down movement. <laughs> Let us listen to the words of assurance as they are uh, delivered to us from the prophet Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. And from the book of Acts, the next Sabbath almost a whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and blaspheming. They contradicted what was spoken by Paul. And then both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first to you. And since you reject it and judge yourselves to be unworthy of eternal life, we are now turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light for the Gentiles so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they praised the word of the Lord and as many as had been destined for eternal life became believers. Thus the word of the Lord spread throughout the region. This is the word of the Lord. It's indeed a privilege to be with you uh, again at the Church of the Palms in beautiful Sarasota when we celebrate this first Sunday of Advent, marking the official beginning 
of the Christian season as we anticipate the celebration of the birth of our Lord. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set the people free. And of course, with our Advent celebration today comes also the celebration of the Holy Sacrament of Communion, which the congregation I serve as, as pastor in Manhattan, Kansas, is also celebrating this morning. And I appreciate the invitation of my little brother uh, to be with you again. You know, I'm not one of uh, the over one billion Facebook uh, users. There are a lot of people who tell me that I should be on Facebook, you know, to find out what's going on. But I say that I don't necessarily want to know everything that's going on, especially in my kids' lives. I might begin to worry too much, you see. As a matter of fact, I think there are probably more people who know what's going on in my kids' lives than I do through face Facebook. But I know that Facebook and, and other social networking sites can be good tools for information. But as many of you are aware, there has been an explosion in the growth of Facebook. In 2008, there were 100 million people who used the social networking site. 2010, 500 million, now over 1 billion are using the number one social network. Who would have ever guessed it would have come to this? This many people networking with others in a way that connects you with pictures of family and friends and job interviews and engagement announcements, where you're going to have dinner tonight, your thoughts on a particular political or social issue, your opinion on a movie or a book, photos of your last vacation, commentary on a recipe, remarks and complaints about your favorite sports teams. You can share anything you want to share with whomever you wish to add as a friend to Facebook. Now, Facebook, founded in, in by 28-year-old uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Time Magazine's Person of the Year a couple of years ago, is a testimony to how creative technology has brought us together in ways one could have never imagined. Time Magazine editor Richard Stengel said, it's something that is transforming the way we live our lives every day. It's social engineering changing the way we relate to one another. And as the actual Facebook site says, Facebook helps you connect and share with people in your life. So if you wanted to see an easy way to see a picture of your grandchild right away, Get on Facebook. Want to find out about your son, how your son or daughter's interview went? Get on Facebook. Want to see pictures of your nephew's vacation? Sign on with Facebook. Want to learn more how your friend repaired something around the house? Get on Facebook. Want to hear about your third cousin's honeymoon? Get on Facebook. Want to pass on a hot stock tip? Sign on with Facebook. Want to share spiritual and political thoughts or philosophical thoughts get on Facebook. There seems to be no limit to what can be done. But the way I understand it, you have to get a message from someone indicating his or her desire to add you as a friend to Facebook. No invitation, no Facebook connection. And you think about it, the invitation to be on someone's Facebook is similar to an invitation to go to someone's Christmas open house or to a friend's house for dinner or to a wedding or to join a foursome in golf 
or to join a club or to join a fraternity or a sorority. You have to be invited first. You don't just show up. Now let's look at an intriguing scenario. Imagine if God was on Facebook. Who would he friend, as the terminology goes? Presidents and prime ministers, heads of Fortune 500 companies, popular coaches and athletes, all the rest of the well-known and connected people across the globe? Yes, he would friend all these people. Would God invite the middle-class suburban mom who juggles her work schedule with the demands and the needs of her children, the single parent who operates at full tilt every day, the factory worker, the man or woman standing in the unemployment line, the university student, the bellman at the hotel, the usher at the football game, the insurance salesperson, the professor, the teacher, the cattle rancher, the soldier in Afghanistan. Yes, he would friend all these people. Would God invite the homeless man or woman or the malnourished child in war-torn Congo, the young person abandoned by his parents, left to fend for himself on the streets in Detroit, the prisoner on death row, the one trapped by addiction, the one who feels left out? Yes, he would friend all these people. Would God invite those who are feeling particularly lonely this Christmas season, their first Christmas since the loss of a spouse, or estrangement within the family, or memories of Christmas's past with other loved ones who are no longer there. Yes, God would invite all these people. How do we know this? The Acts lesson this morning represents a transformational moment in the understanding of the love of God and who God's friends are. The Jews in those days weren't God's only friends, but the Gentiles were too. God loved the Gentiles as much as he loved the Jews, which meant everybody, you see, was a friend of God, and not just a select few. There were no limits to God's friendship. It was a reformation of thought. God's love was inclusive. The words from Acts, again, I have placed you as a light to the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Why else do we know that God would have unlimited friends on his Facebook? The well-known Jeremiah prophecy of the coming of the Messiah read this morning says it clearly, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Jeremiah's prophecy is validated in the nature of the Bethlehem event. Consider the characters. Joseph, a carpenter. Mary, a peasant girl from a small town. The shepherds who were near their bottom rung of the social ladder. The kings who seemed to be more interested in astrology than in spiritual matters. And then there were the conditions and the circumstances of Jesus' birth. His parents ordered to leave town unaccompanied by any pomp and circumstance told to go to Bethlehem for a Roman census and then there is subsequent rejection at the end. We have no room for you here. And then ending up in a dingy stable with cows and donkeys running around. These conditions, you see, speak clearly to the inclusive, embracing 
nature of God's kingdom. You don't need to receive an invitation to be on God's Facebook. You're already on it, and you will never be unfriended, as the terminology goes. Never. I was struck by this principle years ago at the church I served in Michigan. When I was walking through the sanctuary one Saturday afternoon, when a new maintenance man at the church tracked me down to ask me a question. Raymond was a highly skilled young man with a great work ethic. When hired, he had been quite open about some of, some of his life's issues, including addiction and other family manner, uh, matters which he was trying to overcome. But on that sanctuary that day, he noticed that the communion table was being prepared for the sacrament for the upcoming worship service, which prompted his question. Pastor, would it be okay if my family and I came to the service and received communion? I was taken back by the question. I was stunned by the question. Nobody had asked me before. Is it okay if I come to church? Was it okay if I came to his table? I said to him, of course you can come. Christ's table is for everybody. There are no entrance requirements here. I must say that after the exchange and when he left, I got a little emotional thinking about the nature of God's kingdom and how everybody, no matter who they are, are invited to be a part of God's family. No qualifications required, no pre-screening, no checking credentials at the door. Paul's words in Galatians came to mind at that time. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Not too long ago, something else was said that reminded me of the inclusive nature of God's kingdom. A couple of years ago, a young man by the name of Salvatore uh, Junta, a staff sergeant in the United States Army, was awarded the Medal of Honor for his heroism in Afghanistan. Staff Sergeant uh, Junta's platoon was ambushed. In the middle of the fight, he saw one of his injured soldiers being dragged away by the enemy. Mr. Junta said that there were more bullets in the air than stars in the sky. But he plunged into enemy fire anyway, rescued his comrade, got hit twice himself, pulled his fellow platoon member to safety at the medal ceremony in Washington while referring to his fellow soldiers, Staff Sergeant Junta said this, they are as much of me as I am. They are as much of me as I am. And so, when you consider you and I and everybody else, can't you hear God saying, they are as much of me as I am. Now, I know that in Facebook, when you receive an invitation to become someone's friend, you can either accept, decline, or ignore. We know there are a lot of people who accept. We know there are a lot of people who decline. We know there are a lot of people who ignore the invitation. But I do know that when one, when God asks one to be his friend, he never declines the invitation. God never ignores it. He always accepts your request to be his friend. For he is Emmanuel, 
He is God with us. Jesus tells us, and they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. Amen. welcome to his table. All are welcome to join in a commemoration of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All are invited to share in the transforming spirit of our Lord represented in these elements before us. Let us come to his table. In the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. At the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. 
that this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come, O come, Emmanuel, to this table that we may find here that we are friends of God, that we have been received by your grace. Join us here that we may know of your communion in your spirit, that we may be filled, and that we may be light in the world for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us all to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord took bread.
my shepherd I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After supper, Jesus took the cup.
I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was a stranger, and you made me feel welcome. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to see me. Jesus said to them, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do unto me. For having fed us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, now we pray that you'll send us out into the world to love one another and to love all your creations and to share your care. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now may the peace of God, which passes our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the love of our God forever. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore, world without end. Amen. This worship service is coming to you from the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. Our live telecast comes to you each Sunday at 9 through Comcast Cable Channel 189 locally and is also presented live via live streaming on the Internet around the world. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. There are many events to tell you about going on throughout the week. Men's Bible Study, Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. in the chapel reception room. We're studying the Gospel of Luke. Luke was unique among the Gospel writers. He was a Gentile writing for Gentiles, a physician and a well-educated man with an eye for detail, aiding in establishing the accuracy of Christ's ministry. It's led by Reverend Fred Marsh and Tom Weber. We welcome you to join our Faith at Work small group study and fellowship from 4 to 5 p.m. on Wednesdays in the East Meeting Room. This group continues to strive for spiritual growth and edifying fellowship as we share in studying the Gospel of Mark. For more information, contact Bernie and Ben Morgan at 371-9714. Wednesday, December 5th at 6.12 p.m. in the chapel reception room. Dr. Stephen McConnell will be leading a three-part Advent study on some of the core Christmas themes found in Victor Hugo's great novel, Les Miserables. In light of the movie's release in December, we'll focus on the moments of incarnate grace discovered by the novel's protagonist, Jean Valjean. Whether or not you've read the book or seen the movie, you're invited to come and reflect upon this great story in preparation for your celebration of Advent and Christmas. Class dates are December 5th 
the 12th, and the 19th. Join us for discussion, reflection, and fellowship regarding the Hebrews. William Barclay's The Letter to the Hebrews is a suggested commentary reference. For additional information, you can contact Ann Owens or Peter Connor. That's Friday morning Bible study. Jean-Viave Beauchamp, artistic director, and featuring Tammy Tabersky, soprano, Rachel Assi, alto, Jason Collins, tenor, Dr. Jonathan Spivey playing the organ. Usher in the Christmas holidays with an unforgettable afternoon of musical delight featuring the Christmas portion of Handel's Messiah, including a live orchestra and a special appearance by Sarasota's Young Voices. For tickets and more information, you can contact John Ferreira at 924-1323. Again, we express our thanks to you for being a part of our worship together in the Sanctuary of Church of the Palms. During the coming week and the near future, our studies, activities, events, and fellowship that we invite you to participate in as a welcome member or guest. Until next Sunday at 9, this is Jimmy Lance. May the coming week bring you much joy. May the peace of Christ sustain you through disappointment. May you enjoy this day, this gift. God's good morning.
Thank you. 